Chapter Twenty Three of Grace Harlowe's Return to Overton Campus by Jessie Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Three. Kathleen West, Confidant. When Evelyn Ward had left Grace Harlowe with the letters which she had tried so hard to obtain in her possession, she had but one thought. The thought was to leave Harlowe House before Grace realized the full meaning of her guilt. For two days Evelyn's suitcase had been packed for just such an emergency. She had not been sure that she could stem the tide of retribution that had set in against her, so she was prepared to slip away if she failed to obtain the letters that meant her undoing. Hardly had Grace reseated herself in her office when Evelyn, suitcase in hand, her hat on, the coat to her suit thrown over her arm, stole stealthily down the stairs and let herself out of the house without a sound. Once clear of the house, she set off across the campus, almost at a run, in the direction of the station. At four o'clock there was a train to New York. She had a little money. She would go there. Once there she would try to get into a theatrical company. Arriving at the station, she glanced fearfully about her. She did not wish to meet anyone she knew. Leaving her suitcase in charge of the station master, she left the station and walked slowly up the street. She would stroll about until almost train time. She had over an hour's wait. If she encountered any of the students she knew on the street, they would attach no importance to seeing her. It was five minutes to four when she purchased her ticket to New York. To her relief, she had seen no one she knew. When the train pulled into the station, she was the first person to board it. She took a seat on the side of the car farthest from the platform. So she did not see a slim hurrying girl's figure rush madly down the platform just as the train was about to start, and swing herself up the car steps on the last second, heedless of the warning expostation of the porter. Torn with remorse from the past, fearful of the future, which to her overwrought imagination crouched like a huge black monster ready to spring upon her and engulf her in its cruel jaws, Evelyn watched the swiftly passing landscape with unseeing eyes. When a voice from the seat beside her suddenly addressed her with, "'Good evening, Miss Ward,' she half sprang to her feet in blind terror. Turning, she found herself looking into the keen dark eyes of Kathleen West, the newspaper girl. "'Oh, good evening,' she faltered. "'Going to New York?' was the brisk question. Evelyn nodded. "'I'm coming into your seat. I hate riding alone in a train. I'm so glad you were going to the whole way.' Evelyn made no reply. She wished Kathleen a thousand miles off. The newspaper girl scrutinized narrowly her companion's lovely set face. Trained in the study of human nature, she had learned to know the outward signs of a perturbed spirit. Her straight brows knit in a puzzled frown. Then, noting that Evelyn had coloured hotly under the shrewd fixity of her sharp eyes, she glanced carelessly away. Neither girl spoke for a little. Evelyn was wondering distractedly how she could escape from Kathleen when they reached New York without arousing suspicion on the part of the newspaper girl. Kathleen, whose intuition as well as her eyes told her that all was not well with Evelyn, wrapped her brain for the words which would tear down the wall of stony reticence which this strange girl had built about herself. Try as she might, she could not think of no effectual way to begin. 
Deciding to bide her time, she tried to rouse Evelyn's two apparently flagging spirits by a crisp account of a big newspaper story which she had run to earth during her Easter vacation. At first she met with small success, but as she talked on, Evelyn grew interested in spite of herself and began asking half-timid, half-eager questions about New York. Was it hard to get work there? Could a girl live on six or seven dollars a week in a large city? How did these girls go about it to find positions? In what section of the city did most of the working girls, who had no homes, live? Kathleen answered her questions imperturbably, telling of her own experience in New York as a beginner of newspaper work. Later, Evelyn plied her with the countless questions regarding the stage, its advantages and disadvantages. The throb of anxiety in her voice was stronger than her elaborate pretense of indifference. Figuratively, Kathleen pricked up her ears. It was only when they had exhausted the subject of the working girl and the stage that she launched at Evelyn the seemingly innocent question. Where are you going to stay in New York, Miss Ward? I, why, stammered Evelyn, do you expect to be met at the station? will be almost midnight when you reach New York, you know. I know, muttered Evelyn. Averting her face from Kathleen, she stared out the window. It's now or never, decided Kathleen. Her strong, supple fingers closed suddenly over one of the limp white hands that lay so helplessly in Evelyn's lap. Miss Ward, she said in a low, tense voice, something dreadful has happened to you. I want you to tell me about it. Remember this. No matter what it is, I am your friend. I feel sure that you were going blindly and alone to the coldest, cruelest city in the world, and I should never forgive myself if I allowed you to do it. Into Evelyn's eyes leaped indescribable terror as Kathleen's hand closed over hers. For an instant she stared wildly at the newspaper girl. Then the stony reserve with which she had bolstered herself gave away, and tearing her hands free she covered her face with them. Kathleen waited patiently till the tearless storm which shook Evelyn had subsided a little. "'Now tell me all about it,' she urged gently. Evelyn's hands dropped from her face. The tortured look in her blue eyes aroused all Kathleen's sympathy. Haltingly, tremblingly, bit by bit, Evelyn told of the temptation to use her sister's hard-earned money for fine clothes, and the gulf of deception and dishonesty into which she had plunged by yielding to it. Kathleen listened without comment. When Evelyn had finished, she said, You must go back to Overton, Miss Ward, and to Grace Harlow. She'll forgive everything and set you right with yourself again. Oh, I couldn't, protested Evelyn wildly. She knows already how dishonest I've been. I can never go back to Overton. I must stay in New York and work and never see Ida or anyone again. I forfeited all my claim to friendship or love. Nonsense. Just get rid of that idea as fast as ever you can. You are going to my boarding house with me tonight. Tomorrow we will go and see Anne Pearson. I know where the Southards live. We will ask her to get you an engagement. Perhaps you can meet Mr. Forrest. Miss Harlow told Miss Pearson about me, and she wrote an offer to get me an engagement, faltered Evelyn. But I knew I couldn't take it, so I refused. There wouldn't be any chance for me now. That was several weeks ago. There is sure to be something for you. You are beautiful, you know, went on Kathleen, in an appraising, matter-of-fact tone. 
You are sure to make good. You must. You're going to pay Semper Fidelis back as soon as you ever can, and you'll have to work hard and save your money. Forgetting for the instant her remorse and humiliation, Evelyn clasped her hands in an eagerness born of the desire to make reparation. Oh, I will. Then her face clouded. Miss Pearson won't care to help me after the dreadful things I've done. Who is going to tell her about them? I'm not. I know Grace Harlowe won't. It isn't necessary for you to tell her either. It shall be a secret among we three. I know Grace will say so. The two girls, so strangely brought together and united in this new bond of fellowship, talked on. It was ten minutes to twelve when they reached New York City. At the station they were met by a tall, clean-cut young man with keen blue eyes. Got your wire, Kathleen. He stooped and kissed the self-reliant Miss West, who turned very pink. I'll have to explain, she smiled as she introduced him to Evelyn. Mr. Vernon is my fiancé. But don't you dare breathe it at Overton. Miss Ward won't be able to see the persons she is to call upon until tomorrow. She is going to my boarding house with me. You can call a taxi cab and ride that far with us. The newspaper girl's clever explanation bridged a yawning gap. Kathleen and Mr. Vernon kept a steady conversation during the ride. Evelyn sat silent, trying to realise just what had happened to her. She experienced an immeasurable sense of relief, as though she had been dragged just in time from the edge of a frightful precipice. Long after Kathleen had gone to sleep that night, she lay staring into the darkness, wide-eyed and wondering at the goodness of this girl whom she hardly knew, and into her heart crept a sudden revelation of what true fellowship meant and was to mean to her for ever afterward. End of chapter 23